thank you so much for listening to another episode of CX Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Brady Chisana. Tune in each week as we listen to amazing customer-focused business leaders from across the world sharing their personal stories about their teams, tools, process, and feedback. Check us out at cxchronicles.com today or listen on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Today's episode is brought to you by Tidio, the only AI-powered customer experience software designed for small and medium-sized online businesses. Tidio takes the pressure off your support team. The software enables you to manage all of your communication channels in a single dashboard and uses artificial intelligence to sort your conversations and highlight customer questions that need an urgent response. Tidio helps you improve your response times by answering common questions with canned responses. The software's conversational AI can also answer four out of five customer questions in seconds, allowing your support agents to focus on complex problems. Tidio also helps you increase sales with personalized shopping experiences. The automated chatbots engage customers with product recommendations and discounts based on their behavior, leading to increased conversion rates. Maximize your support capacity without additional hiring costs. Try Tidio today. Visit Tidio.com backslash CXC and start using Tidio with an exclusive 20% discount or start with a free plan and upgrade later. Hey guys, are you looking for ways that you can improve your company's customer experience, customer success, and revenue operations? Then reach out to CX Chronicles. We created CXC after years of being practitioners ourselves, experiencing firsthand the challenges and opportunities of building and managing CXCS revenue operations team from the ground up at a scaling organization. Why work with CX Chronicles? Number one, you get executive level expertise and credibility from day one. We jump in and ramp up as quickly as you need us. Number two, you get actionable CTAs that will maximize your CX and CS ROI. We investigate and audit the economics of your existing CX and CS structure and determine how it can be optimized. And number three, check out our amazing CX and CS focused SaaS partners. We're working with Salesforce, HubSpot, Sturdy, Zendesk, Customer, Help Scout, Churn Zero, Freshworks, and more. Reach out to CXE today, guys. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the CX Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Brady Chisana. Super excited for today's show. Guys, today we have an awesome guest. Declan Ivory is joining us. Declan has an incredible job, guys. He's the Vice President of Customer Support at Intercom, a solution that I know many of our listeners, Declan, are are very, very familiar with and very keen to learn more about. Um, So say hello to the CX Nation, my friend. Hi, everyone. Uh, Really delighted to be here. Adrian, thank you for giving me the opportunity to to share some thoughts with, uh, with the world today. Really appreciate it. 100%, 100%, man. No, I'm pumped. Um, number one, just uh, as I just mentioned, so many customer experience, customer success leaders, you know, we're, we're tasked with thinking about what solutions or what technology is going to be able to keep the whole damn thing together for our businesses and for our team. And I mean, you're working at one of the one of the world's leading companies that's done an incredible job of helping, I mean, over 25,000 businesses, right, are using using Intercom and some some of the like global leaders. So I'm pumped for today, man. Um, before we get into the four pillars, I want you to start. Take the microphone over, um, as we do in every one of these episodes. How did you get started, man? How did you find this space? How did you find um, this world of being a customer-focused business leader? I'd love to just understand like kind of the background and some of the stepping stones that got you to where you are today at Intercom. 
you know, a really good question. So if I go back to kind of, you know, how did I get into uh, kind of the, the working place? So I studied to be an engineer by profession, right? And when I look at it, like what, what's some of the key skills you learn as a, an engineer is kind of problem solving, which is kind of very transferable across different challenges. And early on in my career, I ended up working quite closely directly with customers. But I, I remember one kind of really strong lesson that I learned. It was a company I worked for who will remain nameless. Uh, we kind of had this view that it was almost like a privilege for a customer to have us working for them, right? Whereas my view was, no, no, it's a privilege for me to work for a customer. Like, ultimately, like, I don't get paid at the end of the month. I don't get to be successful unless customers are investing in your business, unless you're you're adding value for them. So that kind of totally changed my mindset, I think, around, hey, if I'm going to be successful in this world, it's all about customers. And it's all about, you know, how, how can I deliver value and help customers in whatever organization I'm, I'm working in? And that kind of almost naturally brought me then into the whole kind of customer service, customer support world. And it's kind of evolved from there. So I spent a lot of time working primarily with technology companies. And in terms of actually running support organizations, it would have really started off with, um, you know, pretty large telco here in Ireland running support for them, particularly at a time when they were scaling their whole ISP business. So that gave me exposure to kind of, you know, what happens when you got to scale your support when you're kind of growing it at a very rapid level? Uh, so some really interesting lessons uh, to learn out of that. And also, I think as everyone knows in the telco world, there's lots of challenges around how you deliver really consistent uh, uh, support for customers. So again, really learned some hard lessons around what customers really like and enjoy when it comes to support and what things kind of can really kind of take customers off. So that was a real learning ground for me. Then kind of moved on to kind of what I would call more scaling roles, the works for the likes of Amazon, web services, uh, Tableau software, Google, et cetera, really running kind of large scale support uh, teams, helping build out their kind of capability on a, on a global basis. Uh, and, and again, really facing into some uh, interesting scaling challenges as, as those particular businesses, particularly the cloud businesses, grew and scaled as they moved up market and looked at kind of enterprise support. You know, you know what was the differentiator there for for the business? So really had a chance to really kind of um, look at some great scaling challenges. And you know, having kind of done that, I've worked with a lot of different kind of technology platforms uh, you know, over the years. So when the opportunity came to work for Intercom, it was almost like the most logical kind of next step for me in career in my career because there was an opportunity for me to actually run the platform that our customers are running for you know to, for my support team and really walk in the shoes of the customer like so i i know the exact experiences that our customers have with the platform i know the challenges i know the value etc so it's quite a unique opportunity to, to to run a team that was running this running the same product that our customers are running and really understanding those challenges firsthand and being very uh, clearly a voice of customer back into our engineering team as well. Like I have huge influence on our product roadmap, you know, being able to really be a strong voice of customer because we're using the same platform, we're experiencing all the same challenges. So it's actually been really kind of refreshing to take on this role at Intercom. And particularly as Intercom is pivoting to be very much focus on the customer service, customer support use case for, for the platform. And it's very much building on a, a heritage of strong innovation, like when it comes to the messenger technology, when it comes to using ML techniques, and now most recently integrating the generative AI uh, technology into kind of our AI bot, et cetera. So it's really an opportunity to be at the, the leading edge of technology and innovation, and I say really being a, a strong advocate and voice of the customer back into the business, because we're effectively using the same platform, same service our customers are using.
Uh, number one, I love it, man. I, I think so many, so many interesting points in here to unpack, but I think just, you're right. There's not an, it's almost like a blessing and a fortune to be able to be in a position as a CX or CS leader where you already intimately are aware of the product and the product <laughs> capabilities and the likes yeah. and the dislikes and um, the things it can do, the things it can't do, the things that your team loves about it, the things your team hates about it, or even customer for some of the external facing features for customer sets, some of the things that your customers love about it. So um, amazing that you've been able to find, you know, the, this type of a role at a business that you'd already had that type of experience with. But more importantly, and I don't want to skirt over this, you worked at some incredible, you know, badge, global badge type companies and Amazon Web Services and, and, and Google and Tableau. These are these are companies that have frankly changed the world, right? And and, and changed the business world anyway. Um, and I think it's so cool that you were able to find this opportunity. Um, before we jump into the pillars, we'll talk a little bit about, number one, where are you based out of today? And where's your, where's the bulk of your team based out of? Declan, I want to call this out for today's show. Yeah, so I'm based out of Dublin myself. And, and then I have teams that are spread between Dublin, Chicago, and Sydney. So we have a full global support model. Uh, but I do base myself out of Dublin. Don't often spend too much time here. I tend to be on the road quite a bit. Uh, but I'm a very proud Irish uh, man and proud <laughs> Irish person. And... You know, um, uh, I've always based myself out of Dublin, no matter what the kind of role that I have, whether it be global or or a media based role. I've always run it out of Dublin. It's a, uh, it's a fantastic it's, town, it's, for me. it's a fantastic town, and um, I just think I wanted to call it up because I think for our listeners, if they're not already aware, there's so many super cool technology companies that minimally have parts of their team or have offices or yeah. parts of their business based out of Dublin. My wife and I had an opportunity to visit Ireland a few years back, but, but this was pre pre COVID. Absolutely love that my family's from Ireland, so the whole the Brady side, Declan, as you can imagine, <laughs> from, the, from the island, um, and just such a cool town, man. And I, I just I wanted to call it up because I think that um, number one, it's amazing to hear how many different places the folks that we have on the show are actually based out of. It's not always London, New York City, San Francisco, yeah. Los Angeles. There's some incredible customer focused business leaders that are focused and running huge teams, huge operations, huge budgets. All across the world, especially in amazing towns like Dublin. So um, I just wanted to call that out. Plus the remote piece. I figured, I imagine so many of your customers at Intercom today had to go through what the rest of us went through where, um, you know, COVID changed the world, right? And I know a lot of people are back yeah. to work and that's fantastic. And I, uh, a lot of people are hybrid like myself. Now we we go to the office some days, we stay at home the other days. And I, I love yeah. that. And then so many of us, especially in the CX and the CS space, we're remote workers now. We work remotely. And if we have the ability to be able to do the bulk of our, our day-to-day tasks remote, we do it. And if we have bosses that are cool enough to let us do that, as long <laughs> as we're continuing to deliver, you know, the types of results that they need, it's it just shows how quick the world can change, man. It shows how smaller world is becoming in a way thanks to the, the connectivity of all of us being able to work remote and and everyone kind of normalizing what this new world looks like absolutely yeah i mean i think COVID kind of opened up a whole new possibility around you know the way people work and i think you know a lot of people are working hybrid which kind of makes a lot of sense you get the best of both worlds in that case. Both worlds. yeah there are some opportunities where you know you need to collaborate in person and you can you know you can achieve that there are other times when absolutely you can do your your job on the road remote whatever it is at home uh, so I, I love the fact that organizations are beginning to provide a lot more flexibility. Uh, I mean, I say there are times, you know, for different organizations at different stages where getting people in a room absolutely does make sense. So, again, yep. you know, people having flexibility, I think, is is, is really important and openness to kind of recognize, yeah, there are times we need to get together. There are times when, yeah, we can work remotely. Absolutely, hundred um, percent, Declan. I'd love to jump into the the first pillar of team with you. Um, yeah, and, and, and feel free to answer this however you like, because I know that you're running a huge part of the customer support team. But 
I'd love for you to spend a few minutes talking about how the team at Intercom has really kind of been built out. What what different types of departments, what different type of roles are really kind of, uh, are you and your team working with on the day-to-day basis to make all the magic happen behind the scenes at Intercom? And plus, as I mentioned earlier, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys are a big company, right? So you're serving yeah. thousands and thousands and thousands of companies across planet Earth. Yeah. Spend a couple of minutes talking about how the team at Intercom was set up and how it's how it's built today. Uh, yeah, I mean, good question. I mean, obviously, with, with the platform being very much uh, focused on customer service, customer support as a use case, we've always recognized that the ability to really provide a great service or support to our customers is pretty key. So in building out the team, there has been always a very sharp focus on ensuring that we have people who are very customer-centric, customer-focused, right? So that kind of relationship as they build up with our customers as they deal with issues with that are really important that they're you know, providing the right um, engagement with our customers, that they're really kind of strong experience, uh, not just in terms of the relationship and the empathy, et cetera, but also in terms of the skill sets that our, our team has. So we're very focused on ensuring that we're building, or that we're bringing people who have the right aptitude you know, to learn the product, understand it, go to the level of depth that ultimately we need to go with our customers, but have that strong empathy and relationship with our customers. That's kind of the core of the, the customer support team here we really kind of focus on having people with that very strong mix of skills which is you know not uncommon in the sport industry but you know uh we've been very focused on delivering what we like to call exceptional experience when customers talk to our, our people right yeah like every organization there are things like maybe we don't respond fast enough at times and we are always working to improve that but when customers generally deal with our team they get a really exceptional experience they're they're engaging with someone who, as I say, treats them as a as a customer, as someone that can, you know, that they care about, and is ultimately bringing their their knowledge to bear. In terms of how the team works with the rest of the organization, a really good question. You know, we partner very strongly with the sales organization, where we have customer success managers, you know, sales engineers. So we work collaboratively with, with those uh, other parts of the organization, particularly on individual customer situations. If there's something that we're trying to solve or sort out for a customer, we collaborate quite strongly. And then the back end, we collaborate with our engineering teams as well, like being the voice of the customer, also being early adopters of new features and capabilities so we can provide that feedback back to to our uh, engineering teams. And my own team love that. Like, you know, when I kind of say to them, hey, you want to test out this new feature? Like literally they're almost biting my hand off to get, you know, access to whatever the latest technology is, try it out, provide really valuable feedback and ultimately shape the, the product of the roadmap. So that part of the team is, you know, it, Team ethos is really, really important. Like they feel they're adding a lot of value back into our whole kind of engineering side of the business as well. So that relationship forward into the customer, back into engineering, really important in terms of how the team is structured, how it works, how they ultimately feel kind of fulfilled in the role as well. I love that. I think that um, I, I, it's funny that she, it's a couple of things. Number one, you keep bringing up voice of customer, you keep bringing up this notion of VOC. And I just, I love it because there's so many companies, right, uh, that are growing or they're trying to figure out how to find their product market fit. They're trying to figure out maybe how to get their first yeah. couple million dollars of clients put together, trying to figure out how to grow the team, all the stuff that goes on into building a company, growing a company, scaling a company. Um, you've already brought the notion of VOC up three or four times, and we're not even 10 minutes in the show. And I love that because <laughs> it, it it signals and it indicates exactly why Intercom has had some of the success that it's had over the years. It's, indica- it, it's another signal for indication of why you've been able to find um, so many thousands of thousands of customers that find um, just, just just use and, and and they see why the utilization of the product is so critical to their own businesses scaling. But here's another thing. Um, your your point around being able to take feedback, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's whether it's going to be things that are realistic or unrealistic 
and to be able to socialize that with a broader group of individuals in a bigger organization. You know, if you want to break down why the criticality of VOC task forces or why the criticality of investing in VOC reporting for your business, Declan just laid it out for us, guys, because it's it's having that um, cross department, um, open dialogue, open conversation. I, I say sociability, I say socialization because it's really common as companies grow for select parts of the team to not see things that they should be seeing or to not be minimally aware of them. I'm not saying that you need to get a million cooks in the kitchen. None of us like that. That's not that all a fun part of the job, right? But socialization is also making uh, the right individuals or the right roles across aisles of different parts of our business at least have a sense for what's going on, uh, understand what the main effects are of it, understand the why. Like there's just so often people want to discount good ideas for product investments or for service enhancements or or, or or for feature enhancements because they don't understand the why. And the why oftentimes is coming directly from our customers who are number one, paying our bills. Number two, they're going to be the, the people that are going to go shout from the top of the mountain as to whether or not we're a great product or a great solution to invest in. And then lastly, they're going to be the people that are going to continue to give us these ideas that fuel our project roadmaps that allow us to keep scaling into the future and finding new new markets to, to to tap into or new customer segments to serve. And so I, I just love that you're you're calling this out so early on in the show. And I, I just think it's really important for our listeners to think about how they can be thinking about investing in building and really kind of thinking about fanning the flames of their own voice of customer task force and reporting. Absolutely critical. Couldn't agree more, Adrian. So so then um, I, I, before we jump off the team, I, I'd love to just kind of understand. So um, as far as you mentioned a few times now, just being able to what types of people have been on the team and what type of people have really worked worked really well. Before we jump off of team, what are the primary customers or what are the primary ideal customer profiles that Intercom is really serving today? Just to give our listeners that might not be familiar with Intercom, give them a sense for sort of what types of companies, what types of businesses, what type of customers is your team working on supporting each and every day? Yeah, I mean, a, a really good question, and, and the answer might sound a little bit glib, but basically, you know, it, it's uh, customers who are in every particular industry, vertical or segment. You know, we serve from very small businesses up to larger businesses. I think our, our primary play at the moment is very much kind of small business, very small business. That's where I think we bring most value, where customers are beginning to invest quite heavily for the first time, maybe in a very strong customer support, customer experience, emotion with, with their customers. They want to upscale, upgrade what they're what they're doing in that space. And again, we bring a lot of capability in terms of the you know the messenger platform, the the AI technologies that we built in, particularly Finn, our AI bot for automation, the automation center for scalability. So really, customers who are at that kind of point where they are thinking about scaling in the future, they want to put in place a, a platform that's very flexible in terms of how it's configured for them, uh, that provides a lot of capability out of the door as well. Uh, so that's where I think we, our sweet spot is. But if you look at the profile of our 25,000 plus customers, every industry, every market segment, you know, uh, we deal with some very large enterprises as, as well as we deal with, you know, very small business and small business. But I think particularly weak spot at the moment is around people who are looking to the future, looking to scale, want a, an innovative and scalable platform. That's really the kind of the, the customer set that, that, that we deal with and probably add most value to right here, right now. I love it. I, I just think I know <laughs> in a much smaller example here with, with me, me and my team building CAC, you're right. Every customer that you get, right, especially early on in a business, when you're growing a business, growing a startup, every customer, if you can learn, if you can learn just a couple of things that, that are super unique to their preferences or their appetite for what truly yields yeah. value, man, if you can kind of take that stuff and, and, and really kind of throw some gas on the fire and, and use it to iterate and optimize and just continue to expand how you're going to get better for the next client. And if you can do that really, really quickly, 
your product, your service, your offerings, they keep getting a little bit tighter, a little bit sharper, a little bit better. In your in your world with intercom and and, and just uh, what you're calling out with different industries, different business types, same exact thing, but just on a on a much higher level, man. Right, twenty five thousand customers <laughs> in any world is, is is pretty incredible. But I love that, um, Declan. I love to I love to dive into the second CX pillar of tools, yep. and I, and I want you to. I know I know that you guys have a ton of tools at intercom, so feel free to answer yep. this how you can. But number one, I'd love for you to kind of just um, what I typically ask guests in this question is, I'd love to understand what tech stack or what SaaS yeah. solutions, your team, Declan's team is actually leveraging to, to man the support and to be able to take care of clients, to be able, I'm sure a big part of it is your tool that you guys have uh, internally, but I'm sure there's other tools. I'd love for you to spend a couple of minutes just kind of talking about how Intercom is invested in its tech stack and how you guys kind of think about tool utilization, tool investment, and just how those things kind of fan the flames of, of growth and scale as the business moves into the future. Yeah, no, a really good question. And, you know, obviously, one of the key components of our tech stack is Intercom itself, right? So it's very much the core central platform that we use, you know, to, to support our customers. Uh, so for, for me, it is very clearly the, the central or pivot point of, of the tech stack. But you're right, there are other things that we, we need to kind of put around that to deliver a kind of a, uh, an exceptional service for our customers and, and be able to operate ourselves in, in a way that, that makes sense to deliver that service. So simple things like we link into our CRM platform, which is Salesforce. So we get CRM data, you know, in, integrated, ingested into, into um, Intercom. So we have all that available as we kind of um, deal with a customer issue, we pull profile information for the customer. Um, you know, there are important things in terms of how we run the business ourselves. So for example, quality assurance, like so we use a solution from a company called Cloud for quality assurance. And again, we're looking at how we can use Cloud to scale up uh, how we do QA. Like today, I think uh, QA is very much kind of a, uh, it's a sampling process for many organizations and, and businesses. I want to actually, you know, effectively QA every single interaction we have with a customer, right? Uh, and that's why I look to, you know, providers like Cloud who can help in that regard and, and help us scale up when it comes to quality assurance. You know, we have quite a, a a large workload. Like we're dealing with twenty five thousand uh, customers across many different kind of products and features capabilities within Intercom. We have a very diverse kind of uh, demand in terms of the type of questions and issues that customers uh, bring to us. So how do we dimension our team? How do we look at capacity planning, workforce management, etc.? So again, we're working with a company called Assembled when it comes to workforce management and also building out our capacity planning. And again, like you know. It's integrated into Intercom, so we can pull data from Intercom into Assembled and, and vice versa. And we use that to kind of generate our kind of longer term capacity planning. Also, our near term forecast, which inform our whole workforce management uh, motion as well, which again, we deliver through Assembled. Um, and the other kind of you know, critical part of our, our tech stack is we have a lot of really strong reporting within Intercom itself, but then there's some reporting that you may want to do in a, in a different way, particularly kind of where you're looking at more longer term reporting. So we use Tableau software. One of my ex uh, uh, companies, we use Tableau. A tool you know well. A tool you know very well. A tool I know well. <laughs> and you know, in fairness, I've had the opportunity to use uh, three or four companies. So again, I love Tableau. It gives us a lot of flexibility in how we take that data, how we look at it in a kind of a on a long term basis. You know, uh, so there are probably three tools that we use to complement Intercom. They integrate well with Intercom, and and that is the core of the tech stack that we, we have uh, within the company. Try to keep it pretty simple. You know, my kind of starting point is: look, at, ideally, if we have a problem to solve, can we solve it on Intercom? Like, do we have the capability in the platform? We don't have it today. Can we advocate for it with our engineering teams? If that's not the case, then 
can I turn to one of our partners? So people like I mentioned, the Klaus Assemble, they're all partners of Intercom. So I look to a partner solution. Um, probably should have also mentioned we're evaluating a tool called the Loops, which does kind of conversation analysis as well. So we're, we're looking at that as, as a, a, another tool set to, to complement what we're doing. And you know, if I can't find something within the partner ecosystem, then I will go beyond the partner ecosystem. But that's kind of the, the philosophy I, I approach. Like ideally, we'll do as much as possible with an intercom. It's kind of you know the, the core of, of who we are and what we do. But there, we have some very strong partners who provide that added value, that capability. That means I can run a very tight ship when it comes to the, the, the support organization and to get the type of capabilities and insights that I need given the scale of the team. I, I love that. I think it's it's spot on. And, and Declan, I love I just love this notion that you keep you keep kind of sharing with us around like being able to use your own tool, being able to use your own solution, being able to literally practice what you preach by using the thing that you're selling out there to the world, man. That is like a game changer. Like nobody's gonna argue with the fact that it does or doesn't work in uh in a pre-sale environment if you're literally using the damn thing. You're using it yourself every yeah. day, plus you're using it to help other other people figure out their own things. Real quick, I I don't want to let you um jump off. You just mentioned the loops. The loops is uh yeah. is uh uh, they're friends of ours. So Somia was on the show a few months back. Incredible team, incredible business. We are actually doing a fireside chat with um, with them in August, and I'll, and I'll share it. But like, just another example of all of these incredible companies that are being born that are taking all of the things that we're talking about right now, whether it's different customer engagements, just different customer activities, um, all of this different customer data that it currently lies across multiple different tools and multiple different solutions and mediums bringing it together, leveraging AI, leveraging machine learning, and being able to create quick, um, actionable insights, trends, and themes, man, that is going to be, I think, what really separates businesses that accelerate into the future and maybe businesses that that that, that struggle to grow, str struggle to scale, or maybe maybe don't even make it, right? And, and I, I love that you're calling that out. One question, follow-up question before we jump off of Tools Up. I got to imagine, you know, 25,000 customers you and your team must literally hear about every tool under the sun, right? Because if you're working with SMBs and mid-market companies and enterprise yeah. clients, those companies, those different segments of company size, they tend to use and leverage and, and candidly, they can afford specific tool sets, right? So yeah. I guess yeah. my question is, like, I'd love for you to like, like, is there... Is there like one or two common challenges or one or two common themes that you and your support team are constantly hearing about how Intercom needs to play with these other tools? And if so, great. But like, I'd love to just kind of hear like, what is it like to, because you guys must just be exposed to a tremendous number of SaaS solutions. How do you keep track of it? And how do you keep track of which integrations to manage or which you know, tools to support or which tools you have to kind of come up with one-off solutions for to, to, to close a ticket or to resolve a customer issue? Yeah. Uh, so again, really good question. And I think part of the ethos of Intercom from quite early on uh, when the platform was kind of conceived and delivered was, you know, around enabling a re really good ecosystem of partners, you know, and providing almost like a, uh, an app store type environment where anyone can set up an integration that can be a private integration, you know, that they're using solely themselves. It can be a public, they can make it a public integration and make it available to other customers. So I think what we have within the platform itself, the capability for very strong integration. We can also work with other integrations like, or say integration engines like Zapier or Mercato, et cetera. There's other kind of integration engines that we can use quite apart from native uh, integrations. So it is a good point. And I think we try and provide a level of flexibility that 
there's nothing preventing anyone building that integration uh, with Intercom, irrespective of what that particular SaaS tool is. And I think that the challenges, are, as always, are really around like really understanding when it comes to information exchange between you know different platforms and different SaaS solutions. What exactly are the key pieces of data that you need that you need to make sure they're configured correctly in the API? You know that you're making sure you have that data available real time between what whatever the two platforms are. That's probably the biggest challenge, and that tends to be almost quite unique to whatever businesses want. But when you have this flexible environment for that integration, it's pretty easy for customers to make that customization and get that tuning. So yeah, while we do get involved in you know issues and questions around API and integration, it's generally you know we don't have to go that deep. You know. Customers can self-serve a lot around how they set up the integrations and manage them. Uh, so it is a very flexible environment from that point of view. Thankfully, because you're right, with all those different SaaS solutions out there, we could be bombarded with very specific questions around how does Tule integrate with Intercom or how does Tule integrate with 2B, 2B by Intercom? And we tend not to get down to that level of granularity because of the flexibility of the ecosystem we set up, if that makes sense. Absolutely, no. It definitely makes sense, and I, I, I think like I, I, it's just funny because I know so many, so many of the guests that we have in the show. Like one of the big challenges, one of the big um, struggles of, of 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 figuring out which tools to invest in and which tools you're going to place your, frankly, some of the biggest bets on your company's life on. Um, yeah. It's really kind of understanding which tool they want to move forward with or which tool is going to best serve their customer set. But there's another piece that it's just like knowing. On the customer side, if you're, if you, especially if you're building a a SaaS based solution, knowing which customers to actually spend some of that delicate or that precious time on dealing with complex issues like that versus, so for example, in your guys's case, if you're working with Meta and Meta has a custom uh, a custom ask, I would make a guess that that's a, that's a company size that you probably take a couple extra take a couple extra minutes to figure that ask out for them. If you're a small business though that's using intercom for the the, the five or the ten support reps that you've got, mm -hmm. and it's on a much smaller, that's hard, man. And, and every business in the world, and every certainly every CX and CS leader like us, Declan, those are some of the decisions we have to make in terms of how we support and how we want to implement the customer success that you know we we have uh, or the resources that we have. Sorry, but um, I, I think yeah. it's really really interesting in terms of how you've been able to kind of fold that out. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you, but I think. I've always tried not to over-rotate on customer size per se, right? Like at the end of the day, you look at like, what's the capability, even if it's a small customer, what, what capability are asking you to maybe develop or invest in or you know uh, configure in a different way? And then you look at, well, what's the applicability across the wider base? Maybe not right here, right now, but in the future. So I think it's different lenses you have to apply to what investments you make. It's not all about, well, they're the biggest company we support, so you know we, we should kind of, you know, uh, dance to their tune ahead of dancing to the tune of other customers. Like it, it's really a question of looking at, you know, is this actually going to deliver long-term value for that customer and maybe other customers down the line? Uh, so different lenses can be applied to it, uh, but it is a complex kind of decision that everyone has to make. You can't invest in everything. Yep. But I try not to over-rotate on the size of the customer or the value of their particular business, which you right here right now, because many of the customers that are very, large and, and valuable to us today they started off very small and we hadn't taken care of them when they were small but we hadn't yeah. listened to them they wouldn't be the kind of the you know some of our key customers today there's always that tension as well around like you, you got to think about the long term you got to look at the you know the long-term value that a customer brings to you not just the here and now value as well so yeah lots, lots of different uh, dimensions I, I i didn't touch maybe on one challenge that we see a lot at the moment and it's really around 
you know, customers beginning to use AI quite quite, quite aggressively in, in terms of, you know, um, with the generative AI advancements that have happened, like you can now actually realistically think about transforming support. And particularly, you know, AI bot technology and we ourselves have launched Finn as our AI bot. Like people get very hung up on, okay, you got this large language model, you've got this bot that's going to interface with your customers. And I think what people are beginning to realize, and this is the, 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 the challenge that we, we kind of help our customers with day in, day out, like AI is only as good as the knowledge it has access to, yep. right? Yep. And at the moment, the biggest challenge, I think, facing a lot of support organizations is how do I have the right knowledge and content available that I can actually make uh, you know, an investment in AI actually work for me, right? Because, yeah, it's pretty cool the way the technology works out of the box. But if you don't think about the content and knowledge that I have access to and how you manage that content and knowledge on an ongoing basis, like you're not going to be successful in the long term with AI. And that's probably the biggest challenge we, we have at the moment in terms of you know, helping our customers really understand how they look at their help center articles, how they think about you know uh, generating new knowledge over time, how they incorporate that into our whole kind of AI uh, solution and, and infrastructure. And you know, the way I say you know, I say you gotta feed the beast, you gotta feed the AI engine. Like, it's not a static thing, it's not a kind of you know, uh, it's not a one and done, right? It's, it's, yep. it's a process and that is something that's critical and maybe that leads us on to the next um pillar around process like the process of knowledge management the content management i think is probably the biggest challenge at the moment in the in the customer Absolutely. service customer support world totally agree yep uh, and, and i love i love that and let's jump right into the third pillar but like of uh, process but you you just nailed the man i think one of the biggest things that we see with our clients at cxc um they might already have an idea around how the team needs to potentially be formulated, or at least they have an understanding for what their MVP team needs to look like on the pitch. Great, good. Tools, they might have a basic idea of, number one, what they can't afford or what they have to have, which kind of highlights which initial investments they make. Process, and and, 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 I'm, and I'm pumped to hear how you and the team at, at, at Intercom have kind of wrangled process as the business has scaled, and certainly how your support team manages all the knowledge that's coming in every single solitary day with every ticket and every interaction and every conversation, because that's that this is where I think many customer focused business leaders miss out, Declan, which is this stuff needs to be living, right? I, we at CXC, but one of the, one of the big services that we provide are our living playbooks, where we're literally helping to create not just templates around how the team needs to understand the how to or the where to or the whys, right? The things that can become searchable. But depending on a business's scale and depending on how many tickets per month, how many new customers per month, how big the portfolio is, how big the usability sets are. That stuff changes week over week over week and day over day over day. Yeah. And so many companies miss the ability of doing, for lack of a better term, our Six Sigma friends would call it, you know, control and monitor planning, right? Like how often yeah. do you go back and review, analyze, assess, and then essentially implement updates or changes? Um, but that is one of the things that I think growth companies struggle with because what they miss is by keeping incredible track of the living playbook processes, in effect, you're teeing up or you're amplifying your success for the next 100 prospects or opportunities that are coming down the pipeline, right? And then it, it, as you continue yeah. to expand some of that stuff, especially as you start to grow your customer portfolio, the better you get at refining and getting regular drum beats or pulses from your existing customers around how those processes need to work, the better you're increasing the probability for your retention numbers, right? And so all this stuff, and this is why, Declan, I'm constantly talking about like modern CX and CS leaders, if they're doing it right, if they're building the right type of playbook, they are modern sellers, right? They should be working hand in hand with the, the CROs and the heads of sales and the CEOs thinking about how you can increase the top line and all along the way sort of optimize to the bottom line. So, but how do you guys, how have you guys tackled process? What are some of the things that you and your team at Intercom have done yeah. to think about living playbooks or SOPs or managing that confluence of knowledge that you, you just threw out there? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think the you know the big challenge for me, and I think for a lot of you know support leaders, is like the whole concept of scale, right? Because I think um, the application of AI has now enabled us to think differently about scaling. I like even even simple things like I mentioned earlier, like quality assurance. Like when you quality assure the conversation that you had, and you talked about the conversation data and the value in that conversation, like when you quality assure that today we tend to look at it through the lens of I'm quality assuring the agent performance. How did the agent perform for this customer? And I'm doing a sample and I may have some triggers that allow me to focus on certain uh, tickets or conversations, quality assure. But I look at it in a, in a different way. I actually want to quality assure the customer experience, the customer journey, particularly in an AI world where it's not only uh, dealing with humans anymore. It's maybe starting off with an AI bot that hands over to an automated routine, that hands over to a human, that may go back to an automated routine. Like it, it's quite a complex a journey for our customers. And if you don't quality assure that that journey, you're not getting the value out of have I actually delivered you know a really good service to the customer? If I haven't, why not? But if I have, like what what is working? What's going well? Like and amplifying that by doing that across every single conversation and interaction that you have. So from a process point of view, for me it's around the scalability. And QA is just one aspect of it. The other aspect is the way you deal with a customer today is changing because as a the front end most organizations are going to have some kind of AI or automated technology trying to do on automatic resolution. You're then handing over to a support agent. How do you make sure you got the context of the customer from a process point of view? Like maintaining that context across the journey as well. Like whatever knowledge you've gained in the AI automated phase got to be available to the human support phase. But equally, if you've got, as I mentioned earlier, CRM data that's available to your human team, why isn't that same data available to your AI and automated routine? So that kind of, you know, Thinking about your processes differently around what information is available to the processes. How do you traverse the, the journey from a customer perspective? How do you think about within that journey, knowledge management and knowledge creation as well? Because ultimately, if you solve the problem for the first time, ideally you're making it the last time you solve the problem because you're generating a, a, a knowledge article or you're creating some artifact that feeds back into the ecosystem then in terms of AI and res automatic resolution, et cetera. So there's a whole different mindset from a process point of view that we're stepping into in the, in the customer service, customer support world. And it's all about scalability and making sure you can do all that at scale. You can do it on a once-off basis quite easily. Think about scaling it. You've you got to think differently about how you capacity plan in that environment. Your average handle times, you think about them differently because all of a sudden, all the easy stuff is being done by automation. The more complex stuff is coming through. You also want your team to make the interaction with your customers a little more contextual, spend a little more time, be more consultative, maybe build out the kind of knowledge and articles in the background to feed into the system again. So you've got to think differently from a process point of view in, in this new world where it's kind of AI first or AI led. And that for me is really exciting because it opens up opportunities to do things at scale that we couldn't do before and really make the, the role of someone in support radically different. Like I think it's a much more fulfilling role in this world. They actually add more value back into the business, as, as you mentioned. We have the opportunity to really help customers use our services and products more effectively, and ultimately help with retention, help, help with customer growth, customer expansion, et cetera. So there's a whole kind of, I think, change in the value that a customer support, a customer service organization brings to the table. But a lot of it is around getting the right processes in place getting out and tapping into this rich vein of kind of data and information that's in the conversations and the tickets that you have with your customers and, and building that into your whole ecosystem of how you deal with the customer, provide voice of, of uh, customer into the wider team, et cetera. 
the really exciting space at the moment from a profit point of view. I, I couldn't agree more. And, I, and there's two quick shout outs that I want to, that I love that you laid out for us. Number one, thinking about how AI can power or leverage your customer journey maps. And then number two, thinking about how AI and human involvement together, collaborating can power your living playbooks and your SOPs, both internally and externally, right? For your customers and Absolutely. for your fantastic ideas. Declan, let's jump into the fourth and final uh, pillar of feedback. Um, I'd love for you to spend a couple of minutes talking yeah. about how intercom, uh, number one, how have you guys been able to manage, um, collect and act upon your customer feedback? And how have yeah. you been able to manage, act upon and leverage some of the employee feedback that you guys are getting on a regular basis? So yeah, feedback is critical. And I think, um, it's probably one area where I think the industry has the opportunity to really make better stride, even ourselves. Like, you know, hands up, you know, we, we like everyone else, do CSAT, MPS, like there's the various tools and techniques that we use. Challenge with all those is they're a sample, right? You're getting, you know, a particular lens on your customers. Now, in, in our case, yeah, we, we uh, use CSAT in terms of the transactional relationship with our customers. If they've had a conversation with us, we issue a CSAT survey. We take them seriously like everyone else. Like we really try to understand, well, if something hasn't gone well for a customer and they've given us a negative feedback, what drove that? How do we kind of uh, close the loop with the customer? So we, we do all that. But what I'm currently working on is, and I call it beyond CSAT, right? It's the kind of term I'm using internally. Like how do we scale that so that it's not just a sample in terms of, you know, how do I know what that sample of customers felt? How can I know what every single customer felt in terms of their interaction with us. What was the sentiment? What was their feeling at the end of that? Was it a good or a bad experience? That's where kind of my head is at on the feedback side. It's really, I want to know 100% of the time whether our customer had a good experience or not. Sampling is great. CSAT is great. Yeah, there's lots of things we can build on even better in terms of closing the loop more quickly with customers, et cetera. But I actually want to move on and say, every single interaction you have with a customer I want effectively an inferred CSAT is what I'm looking for. And that could be a sentiment score. It could be a combination of, of kind of characteristics that you build into, for example, what we call an impact score on our customers. Like, was it a positive, negative impact in terms of the direction? Like, that could be you know, a product issue. It could be process issue in terms of how we dealt with them. It could be a skill issue within the team because we didn't deal with them the right way. And that's where I want to take the whole kind of feedback piece. It, it's really looking in the widest sense possible, scaling it out. And again, using the power of, of AI to, to manage a lot of that, you know, because again, you can't scale, can't scale out with humans, but you can scale out with AI and you close the, even close the loop down with, with your customers and you bring in the human dimension to really kind of think through the problems that are being posed and how do you solve them and, and how do you feed that back within, you know, your own support organization and into the wider business. So it's a fascinating space, the whole space of feedback and one where I think at an industry level, we've been long overdue really amping that up and really, like we should, hand on heart, we should be saying, I know the customer experience 100% of the time. That's what we should be aspiring to. Uh, and I think as an industry, we're, we're ways off that. And I really want to drive that. That's one of the kind of big passions I have. I, I love it. I think that's spot on, man. I think it's the combination for any customer-focused business leader, your ability to capture uh, quantitative metrics that, that that show you certain signals qualitative is huge because nothing is better than when you're able to get 15 or 20 or 30 plus minutes with the customer and you can hear the good and the bad and the ugly, all the fun stuff, or, or even just some yeah. of the, the product enhancement or feature enhancement or pricing enhancement ideas that they have that could theoretically lead to, to future results. Um, and then, and then the last two big parts, just like 
in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a case like intercoms, really digging into some of the product-based feedback. And you already mentioned at the beginning of this of this conversation, you know, feeding it back to your product team. But this is this is this is the stuff that is literally going to set you apart and, and really begin to separate you from the competition. So um Declan, Absolutely. this is this has been absolutely fantastic, man. I'm so happy that you've been able to come on and share your story. Before I let you go, is there anything else that you would like to shout out? Anything that your team is working on, upcoming events, uh, new features, anything that you want to call out about some of the incredible things that are happening over at Intercom today? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, uh, I'd have to call out what we're doing on the AI front, particularly with Finn, our, our kind of AI bot technology. Like, my team had the opportunity to get early access to that. We've seen amazing results in terms of, of using AI and using Finn. Uh, a lot of new features, capability coming out in that that uh, front. Really encourage customers to to look at it and consider. Like, like I, I wrote a blog post basically: like, the AI or not the AI. I think the answer is very clear. <laughs> if you're not actually thinking about AI as as a support leader, you're missing an opportunity. Um, you know, I, I think the we're in a transformation. Sorry, time of transformation for for uh, the customer service industry, and it is driven by generative AI. So yeah, I, I believe we're at the forefront in, in intercom in terms of use of that technology, making it available to our customers. Uh, I say I've had you know the privilege of being able to use it early. Um, so you know already my team are seeing a lot of um, uh, of the opportunities and also some of the challenges. Like you have to think carefully about what the support organization of the future look like. That's one of yeah. the next things I want to be able to talk about, uh, you know, to some of our customers, et cetera. You know, learnings that we've had from building out this capability. So how, how do you think differently about your organization going forward? That's one of the big things we're working on. Big shout out. I, get, I love to talk to their leaders around, you know, how they're fronting into using AI in their support businesses. You know, what kind of challenges they're encountering, et cetera. So, yeah, love to share more with people around that. I love it. And Declan, real quick, where can where can people find out more about you or where can people get in touch with you? And then where can people learn more about Intercom and all the incredible products and services you guys are offering to your clients across the world? So for me, best place is LinkedIn. You'll get me on LinkedIn, Declan Ivory, VP of support at Intercom. Should be relatively straightforward to get me there. Uh, in terms of Intercom itself, our website, intercom.com, it's got all the information you want to know about what we're doing, particularly in the AI space, You know uh, what we've done with Finn as our kind of AI bot. And you know a lot around how we're we're thinking about um, the industry in general and how it's evolving. A lot of good blog posts, a lot of good kind of thought leadership content there. I love it. Well, Declan Ivory, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the CX Chronicles podcast. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story with all of us. And I wish you and the team at Intercom the best of luck, sir. Adrian, thank you very much. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the CX Chronicles podcast. We're thrilled to have you as a part of the CX Nation, tuning in to customer-focused business leaders from across the world. Be sure to check out the CXC website, and as always, find us on any of your favorite podcast players, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Thanks so much for making this show a reality and being a part of the CX Nation. And as always, folks, remember to make happiness a habit.